Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. You know the drill by now. I'm going to say some stuff, botch the intro. So it's me, I'm Bradley. That's them, him, Stu. Darkness and miserable and all that. We bring you light and joy. We think, we don't know, we might do. Um, but yeah, Stu, how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, not too bad. As usual, just, games shining. Just leaning into the botch now. There's no, there's no point trying to hide it. <laughs> <No. is there? laughs> but now I'm, I'm kind of leaning, talking of leaning in, leaning into playing games to just pretend that the world doesn't exist very often, um, which is a good way of uh, escaping things. It's, it's good. Rather than going off to Australia to hide in a jungle, <laughs> you mean. <laughs> Escape my responsibilities by eating a load of witch tea grubs, yeah. Uh, talking of witchetty grubs, he's a bit of a witchetty grub, isn't he? A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, he went to a private school just down the road from me, or down the road, a few miles away, and like everyone I've ever met from that place is a right arsehole. <laughs> Sounds about right. But it comes to something when apparently boy George has got the moral high ground on you. Exactly. That's just- and he chained someone to a radio. I know. Ev- you know so. Everyone just sort of conveniently forgets that he kidnapped and imprisoned, imprisoned somebody for several, was it days or weeks? Yeah, went to yeah, prison for it, I yeah. believe. Uh, but yeah, he has the moral high ground over Matt Hancock. Crazy. So, there you Crazy. Go. That, that's, that's politics in modern Britain for yeah, you. Wonderful, isn't it? Um, the Americans are uh, doing the right thing by not bringing Trump so far it seems so you know I think they could lord it over us for a little bit yeah god bless America that's a good choice <laughs> talking of blessings we should count our blessings Stu do you know why why because video games uh, yeah so what have you been playing you've been you've been you've been uh, playing with uh, the god of thunder or something haven't you yeah just a very very small game called <laughs> god of war Ragnarok, war Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah for 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 Ragnarok, something yeah, like that. Yeah, for Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny because, like, when you when you start playing the game, you see how much time and thought they've put into it, and the world, and and how how they use that whole, you know, Norse mythology stuff. How thin it looks on the Marvel side, which is not, you know, that's fair enough because it's only a silly superhero series. But you're like, oh yeah, they've done, they've they've really made it look and feel like something totally different. Uh, but yeah. That's what I'm playing. I prefer Greek mythology anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, precisely. Um, but yeah, so I'm playing a AAA game, which is a bit bizarre, and on release. So the last time I did that was Forbidden West. So that was, what, February? And uh, <laughs> you, you love your Sony genre. <laughs> I do, I do. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not far off the truth, to be quite honest with you, because... That they do do something that's particularly good in that field. It's a very narrow field, so it's basically like third-person free-roaming adventure. Um, yeah, and they're good at it. But yeah, they do it really, really well. And Santa Monica really do stick out. And yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on Ragnarok. So I'll do a, I'll do a quick kind of non-spoilery bit, and then I'll do a spoilery bit and check the show notes for the timestamps but uh yeah so non-spoilery <clears throat> i'm running it in 4k in high refresh rate so it's hitting sort of i believe around 90 frame uh 90 hertz most of the time and can go higher or maybe a bit lower but way above 60 and constant 60 frames per second or above 
so it looks smooth and absolutely flawless and I've never had that experience on a console since the 2D era uh, mm. on a CRT it just it's really weird I mean I have it all the time on a PC but having it on a console is fantastic and it's also got HDR so if you've got a good HDR monitor it looks even better and mine does so I'm lucky in that in that way so it it looks in terms of like sharpness clarity performance absolutely fantastic and it's very you know it's it's like the highest possible quality last gen game so it's it doesn't feel like a ps5 game it feels like a ps4 game but in that good way where it's taken all of the problems that you have when you push something hard with like you know having to have a lower frame rate and having screen tearing and having you know all sorts of other compromises and the compromises are completely gone so no compromises with the way it's presented which is wonderful for me i would i always and on my pc always choose like the consistency of the presentation and the frame rate and everything so that it's solid and the there's no input latency well above you know the the graphics being at their highest and sharpest so yeah but i mean it's santa monica's it looks amazing and it controls really well and it's snappy and responsive as you'd expect i think they've sped up and improved on stuff like now i just a bit of context i didn't play a lot of god of war 2018 i played it for about 10 hours and I got a bit bored, um, but I know enough of it to to know how it feels versus this one. And this one seems to get into the bit where it lets you play around with your God of War old school, like PS2, PS3 era uh, move set, and do combos and chains and juggles and all that much more quickly, which is great. And it's they feel much more responsive than they did to me in the last game. Yeah, uh, I think they've really tightened it up. So it the fighting is really good, and the exploration is a bit less hubby. It's a bit more open. It's still a more it's still a linear experience, but instead of you being like on a hub, so a wheel with spokes, and you go off on the spokes and come back to the hub, it's much more kind of like you, you go down a tunnel, and in the tunnel there are sometimes little stairways and escapes towards different areas uh and it also brings stuff in that allow you to choose whereabouts in bigger areas you want to go to do different sorts of things so it's not open world but it's it's like a curated you know experience in that way and the story is is really really good really really good well told and beautifully acted and we'll get into that in spoilers so yeah so that's the non-spoilery thoughts yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I've still got the first one. Um, I had it on PlayStation 4 originally, and I got about an hour in and just went, oh, this is a bit wonky. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, Dad, please let go of my hand. Um, yeah. And he went, no, boy, I will take you through. <laughs> yeah, that's good I was good like, no, Dad, please. Oh, yeah, I just want to play, Dad, please. Um, but no. You know, it holds your hand for quite a while. And I was like, ah, oh, I can't be bothered. And I went, do you know what? Maybe it'll be different when I put it on the Steam Deck. And yeah, like, it's even worse. Not in terms of gameplay, it's absolutely fine. It was just like, oh, look, look it's here. I just want to mess around for half hour. Uh, not sit through an hour's worth of 
of uh, juxtaposition and, and, and stuff like that. There's no, there's no, no need. Just yeah, let me go. So by the fact this one sounds like it lets you off the leash a lot quicker, um, I'll put a note down to get that one when it hits PC. Yeah, I mean it's still a guided experience. Um, so I think what I'll do now is say we're going into spoiler territory. So spoilers from here on out, you have been warned. Uh, they'll only be fairly minor because I'm not massively far through the game. But if you want to stay clear of them, stay clear of this section. So, yeah, it it brings you in a lot quicker than the other one did. So I still felt like I was in tutorial mode after like six, seven hours in the last game. Ooh, and yeah. in this game, I'm kind of, for the last half hour, I've felt like I'm 100% in. And that's about that was about three and a half hours. And even before that, I would say it's less less handholdy than the first game. Although it's similar, you kind of you get the control taken off you a lot of the time. But the thing is, it's a curated adventure where the story is more important than pretty much anything. And thank God, the story is really excellent. So I mean, it looks beautiful. So it's got really good visual storytelling language you've got different colors and hues between different areas that give you not just an idea of you know the temperature and and environment that you're in which obviously makes it feel like different worlds which is kind of what you know, the whole point is but you're in this thing called Fimble Winter uh, which is the lead up to Ragnarok the actual Ragnarok event uh in what's it called where are you what's it called Heim which Heim are we in our one, anyway. Our Heim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Nah. But, um, yeah, we're in Our Heim, and it's like, it's winter, uh, but it's got a really good way of, you know, showing all the different kind of ways into different worlds and, and the feel of the different worlds. And the colour palette represents that, but also the objects in that world and how magical objects are often constructed out of normal materials but imbued with magical qualities. And there's a real kind of solidity and and care and attention and physical, you know, tactility to it that, that puts me in mind of like Lord of the Rings, the yeah, the Peter Jackson films. Mm. It's there's that level of attention to detail in the background and set dressing and aesthetic that just makes you feel like everybody involved was pulling together in the right direction. And um it's not just, you know, chuck enough money at a wall and, and some of it will stick, you know. It's it's really kind of pe- people who are top in their class working on this stuff. Uh, and, yeah, it's got great themes as well. So it starts off with this theme of, you know, Kratos being a kind of force of, of nature and, you know, his son being more of a thoughtful compassionate kind of character and then there's this dynamic of well which is correct you know are you yeah. are you you know you're a you're a demigod and you're in this world and you have these powers and they drive you to do things by the way that nature compels you or you know should you stop doing that and just live entirely on your your feelings and your your passions and compassions and which is right and there's this constant push-pull where there's a scale of balance showing that well there's no easy answers because if you do one thing it has a consequence here that you, you might not have foreseen you you're acting under your your best kind of advice and wisdom and yet 
it's not always going to be the right thing to do. And Atreus makes as many mistakes as, as Kratos does by Kratos being kind of ignorant and arrogant and a force for nature and, and Atreus being just, uh, you know, living entirely on his wits and, and his feelings. And that's beautifully done and the acting around it is really, really excellent. And you can never get over the fact that it's going to take, take you from being a part of that world as a player and being a, you know, and a participant and being a spectator. So you have to be kind of really happy with that. It gets lesser as you go on and you get more autonomy and there's more environmental stuff to do. But it's it's still a very guided experience. Or and I assume it's going to be all the way through, but particularly at the beginning. Where it wins out for me is that because it invests the time in the characters in real time and not in cutscenes, but the control was taken away from you, is it kind of does that thing that uh, almost the same name Gears of War did, which is, you know, there are bits where you're, yeah, all you can do is walk forward and stories going around yeah. you. But it allows you to absorb the visuals and listen to the to the dialogue and have that world created properly and solidly and let you feel like it actually exists. And outside of RPGs, that's actually pretty rare. Uh, and it's, you might say, well, we've already solved this problem by having, you know, either walking simulators if you just want that kind of experience, or RPGs if you want it to be story with a very, very heavy, you know, w- w- sort of weaponry and powers based thing. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, this is a. It, this is something very much of its own, even though there are lots of things like it. You know, it's like that. You know, there are lots of rifles, but this is mine, kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking as well. When you said that's right. That. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it has its individuality, and I think that the biggest criticism that I could level at it is that it doesn't seem very different from the previous game. It's a lot better in lots of ways, but it's not significantly different. And I think that part of that is because it doesn't really harness what the ps5 can do so if so the areas are very instanced and there are broken up sections where you have to go slow because it's clearly loading in the next section and the next level yeah next area next part of the world and you can eliminate that with the you know as shown by you know, Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales and stuff. You can break that up using the SSD to not have to have that loading and to make it much more seamless. And I'm sure yeah. there's tons they could have done with that. And so when we're talking about, you know, should we stay... Are we okay staying with previous gen and cross-gen because it still looks beautiful and you can now get it at 60 frames without worrying about anything and looking ugly and old... Or are we are we pushing the boundaries? The argument, for, and I'm not saying I fall on either side because I don't. I'm ambivalent. But mm-hmm. the benefit of going forward and going right, we're only doing this on PS5, is that it might have opened up some more gameplay features and, and nuances that you just can't do with the older hardware because it doesn't have the the capacity to do it. So there is an argument for it having been full PS5. But as it stands. It's beautiful. It's beautifully written. It's you know, it's got a brilliant aesthetic. Even if it, even if the graphics weren't as, you know, uh, didn't have the high quality that they do because of the number of artists, the amount of thought and detail behind it is clear 
and even if it was been done on lower end hardware or you know with less of a budget i think that still would have shone through there's a lot of intelligence and a lot of compassion and commitment put into the way that the game works and i think that listening to that so you're hearing me talk about the aesthetics the story you're talking about you know how it all fits together the speed of it it's talking about it as an experience and it's an experiential game so it's not for everybody it's it's for a lot of people but it's not one of those things that you go well everybody's going to love this it's, it's the perfect game for everybody um it's not normally the kind of thing that i rave about and i'm not raving about it i i think of it very very highly and i'm really enjoying it um and it's towards the upper end of what i would score a game if we scored games but it's not like death stranding you know it's not like something that really hit me and transformed the way that i thought about games it's just really beautifully and brilliantly done uh but is not is not a game changer hmm yeah no that's all, all really interesting um if you notice i stayed quiet through that because there's not much i can add because i've not played it and um you know I, I i can't comment too much one, one question i do want to ask and something i found has been a problem in a lot of the the earlier god of war games as good as they are to play as fun as they are uh, i i feel they have always promoted toxic masculinity um even the last one to a degree where they tried to soften kratos and be a father figure i still think there was a lot of toxic masculinity in there um, is that still the case with this, or have they kind of learned and made him grow more? From what I've played so far, I would say it's not only not toxic, I would say it also challenges toxic masculinity. Okay. Because it's that whole thing of... You can you could sort of project the whole force of nature thing and, and not really doing anything other than fulfilling what you're... You know, physical destiny could do kind of thing just living like a like a wild animal as it were um i think that you know a lot of people who have a a, a patriarchal toxic to- toxic toxic view um would often compare themselves to you know animals like lone wolves or eagles or lions or whatever and it very much challenges that with you know kratos being a bit of a shell yeah like not because he's underwritten, quite the opposite. Because he, he's, he's got very little dialogue, but everything he says is very relevant to what's going on. And it also doesn't betray the horrible character from the original games, as, as horrible as that was. Mm. But it's just illuminating what he's like. And then you've immediately got the people around him in his life, like Atreus, like Mimir, the, the head that he carries around on a belt, like the dwarves that he meets, who are kind of you know, real, actual, proper characters with real, actual, proper feelings who are like, well, I've got to do this, but should I be doing it? And do I actually want to do it? And in 100% questioning their role in both their lives, other people's lives, and in in the, you know, in the end times and in the life of the universe and everything, you know, basically having full-on existential crises as as, pe- yeah. <laughs> as, why, as people who are trying to achieve a little bit of wisdom do. And from that point of view, yeah, it not only it contextualises that, and it's like going, right, okay, well, 
you, you know well in in Wreck It Ralph when they have the support group of of like video game characters of villains. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like that. It's kind of you take this guy and you're putting him in a new element, and you're not betraying any of the things that came before you. So you still you can still like do massive violent attacks with your you know your, your twin blades on chains. But on the other hand, you've also got this thing of him not really understanding his place in the world and wondering why the hell he's he's there and what the hell he's doing yeah. and why he should exist and then you've got his son who's also challenging that by his both his behavior and verbally so yeah not only does it kind of take away all that toxic toxic god i can't say this at all toxic masculinity it also challenges it and shows you what the alternatives are and should be and it presents it's uh it's female characters very well too you know that 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 that's good because the <clears throat> the issue is a so when we go back to God of War, I want to say it was three, where they had a gratuitous sex scene in there. Yeah. Um, it celebrated women as objects. Uh, they were a reward, and you could still have that exact same scene in there, um, and contextualize it in a way of look this is how these stories were written um rather than going oh this is for you you teenage boys playing this game you know you you young 20 summits you know you love a bit of the old sexy girl and, right which is what it was doing it was trying to be celebratory of it rather than going look this is what it was like so this is what this character is like we are not going to pass judgment we are not going to say this character is bad for this for treating women as objects it's just how these stories were written way back when and that's what they are and i've not got a problem with that i've not got a problem with kratos uh being a uh being you know extremely extremely masculine toxic to a degree because that's what the the uh the norse gods were written like even thor in the marvel films uh is is toxic masculine uh, shows a lot of toxic masculinity in there and he struggles to deal with that and i think as it's gone on i think they've actually written him fairly well and made him a bit more three-dimensional um as he's learned you know modern ways by being on earth um and with kratos i say i've got no issues with him being toxic um my issue was that it written in the modern world it was celebrated rather than look this is just how it was so it's good to know they've they've addressed that in some way um and i don't want them to turn you know kratos into someone who goes i tell you what let's just sit down and have a discussion instead he's look he might want to rip your head off but we, you know we're gonna have a little talk about i don't want to see that because that's not what kratos is um you know i do still want him ripping you know everything to shreds because he can and sort of going fist first because that's who it is but to have it then put under somewhat of a microscope is also good because we're seeing it from a okay that's how it was or how it is in those stories in myth in legend it's not how it is now and we're just seeing it upon that gaze as a quote unquote factual uh telling rather than a let's celebrate this so it's, it's good good to know that it has changed for these games but not gone too far yeah absolutely i mean they, they portray him as a character that's lost all his desire so he's got no sexual desire he's got no desire for violence and anything that he does is just you know part of a burned out character that's reached the end really and yeah, sounds yeah like totally it's it's the it's a brad simulator pretty much 
but it's um yeah and that's great and it's great that they don't diminish the character they only build on it and like flesh him out the yeah and no and no women are objectified in it which is great the only issue of course with that and this is this isn't even a nitpick but it's it's kind of like just a little bit of shining a light of where we are at the moment is that you know it it, it pays attention to to feelings it pays attention to not you know not having these toxic presentations but it doesn't have anything in their place so it still doesn't reckon with desire you know, in terms of sexual desire, so there's no sex in it. It's sexless, um, and it's very much a reckoning with father figures kind of a story. And yeah. now all that's fine. The only thing is, when are we going to start getting these stories that have you know that reconcile you know desire with marriage and desire with lust and desire with you know pregnancy when are we going to have more women as the lead characters and driving these stories on this level you know uh and like it's it's a bit it's really obvious because the big thing at the moment is superhero stories and the vast proportion of those they all have daddy issues as well and this is like daddy issues the game and you know batman is daddy issues the the film as is iron man as is thor as is you know just about everything his daddy issues the game. Yeah. Even Black Widow was daddy issues the game. Daddy issues the film. But yeah, that's not really. It's not for Santa Monica. Well, it is on Santa Monica to change that, really, because they lead yeah. the way on these things. But I mean, you know, you've got The yeah. Last of Us. Okay. But now we're done with this, I would say it's time to take the next step and try and do even more in that space, you know, in that big AAA, gonna hit everybody. You know, let's try and do some some wider stories on these lines that aren't just daddy issue, lost my desire, you know, blah blah blah. Yep, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Marvel stuff. In all fairness, because I, I I think the one Marvel property at the moment that has really shown something different. I try to tell a story about a lead female character that isn't daddy issues or a male character that isn't daddy issues um, is She-Hulk. Yes, yeah. They are, you know, that's a brilliant... That's someone who's learning about their own issues, learning about themselves and breaking out from that, learning to appreciate what they've become but also what they were. Um, you know, I love the idea of... Everyone around around her wants her to be She Hulk in court, but she doesn't want that. She still just wants to be the best lawyer, etc., etc. Um, you know, breaking the fourth wall and all that. And I, I often before I started watching it, I'd seen a lot of the hate it was getting. You know, it's the worst thing Marvel have put out. Blah 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 blah. Let's let's pick on the CGI and etc. 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 And I watched it, and then I went right. I think I get why. A lot of men, white cis white men, essentially, aren't liking this because it's not painting this woman. Well, it is literally painting a woman, I suppose, but it's not. It's not painting this woman in a way that they can relate to this woman. Um, she's not a damsel in distress at any point. 
in many ways, she proves herself to be superior to Bruce Banner, for example. Um, in her, in the way she deals with becoming a Hulk, um, and, and that, I think that that's picked up upon it, on that so so well, uh, because you see, like uh, Bruce Banner struggles with her understanding of it. It's like how she's so okay with this now, and why does she want to do these things, etc. Um, so I think that's all, all really really good. Um, and yeah, I think that's the next step for games, really, is I'm glad we're getting stronger lead female characters in video games. I think Aloy's a brilliant example. Uh, but I think the next stage is now can we round them off a bit more? Can, can we start to have these these female leads in video games and even male leads actually sort of go, right, What can we? how can we write them that it isn't just, oh, this is a male character that does this, this is a female character that does this. Can we start to write them more, all of them, whether that's Kratos, whether that's Aloy, whether that's Lara Croft, you know, whether that's Marcus Phoenix. Uh, Marcus Phoenix? Phoenix? I don't care. Phoenix, um, I think. Can we start to write them as people with these issues? And I think that's, that, that's what's got to come next for games. And I think games could drive that narrative forward because a lot of films books etc are have got to undo 100 plus years um you know in books you know four five six seven hundred eight hundred years more of of history of how they've always been accepted games haven't they're babies still and they can evolve a lot quicker than the other mediums and you know it's good that we're seeing it with god of war but yeah you're right the next step has to be taken yeah, it really does. And that's a good point about it being about people rather than being men versus women because it's really important to have, you know, if you feel like you can tell any story because then you can have, you know, trans stories, LGBTQ plus stories. You know, you can start bringing in all sorts of different stories where, because you've broken that thing of it, it doesn't have to be uh, a male lead and it doesn't have to be, I am making a statement by making it a female lead. It's just, it's stories of people, you know. Um, <clears throat> and we'll never get there. We'll never get there fully. We haven't got there in, uh, you know, a thousand years of uh, of novels being written, you know, stories being written. So if we've not done it then, we're not going to fully do it now in games. But just having a few more at the top tier would be great. I mean, even Last of Us, you know, that was kind of... <laughs> Ellie being the lead was grandfathered in by Joel being the lead in the first game, you know. So, <clears throat> oh yeah, you know she had to take the lead because he gave his life. Well, blah blah blah. He gave his life up for, her and then eventually gave his life for her. Um, so she had to take over, and you know we saw the reaction to that as well. Yeah. We won't go too deep into that right now, but you saw the reaction to that crossover and people just couldn't accept it rather than it just being oh joel passing over to ellie that's one character to another character and that was it people couldn't accept that we went from a male lead to the female lead and yeah that that you know that's something we need to get over that you know gender kate does not come into that one bit but it was made about gender and that that is still a shame that we are at that point but but and i will always say this we are getting baby steps. We are improving slowly but surely. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Exhausted that topic from my side. I just, I could rant on about sexual politics for hours and have done. 
just we'll just go for a hard a hard a hard move there. Could you just shift that way a little bit, Stu, for me? Yeah, of course, can yeah. No, 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 not not that way. A little to the left. Okay, please. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, any better? Ah, oh, let's see. Um, I've been playing a little to the left. <laughs> nice segue. Look at that. That that was that was a good segue. That that, that that's how you do a segue. Um, now. Yeah, I, this is a game that I've been looking forward to for quite a long time since I first saw it at one of the indie showcases that happened throughout the years over the last few years. I, I couldn't tell you which one it is. Uh, but essentially what it is, it's an organisation game. Uh, so if you imagine sort of like it starts off basic, oh, there's a frame that's slightly wonky. You've got to straighten the frame and then you move on to the next puzzle. You've got to do a little thing in that and then you move on to the next puzzle. And then, oh, look, there's these pencils. Can you put them in order of size? Yeah, do that. Move on to the next puzzle, etc., etc. It's all it is. It's organisation. Uh, and you got sort of like ones in there where you've got a whole different, like loads of different types of pasta. Um, and you've got to just organise those different types of pasta. Now, it doesn't tell you how you've got to organise it. You need to work that out for yourself. Um, and, you know, you, you fiddle with it. You go, oh, maybe it's by size. And there you go. Nope, that's not quite right. You know, you haven't got that right. And you're like, oh, I wonder what I've got to do. And, it, you, you know, you can get clues and you can get help and stuff like that. But then you, you're playing it and you're going, oh, okay. It goes from the straightest piece of pasta to the curliest piece of pasta um in size order as well so you kind of get a like a tall to like smallest bit if straight and then you go up out the other way um and you've got loads of different things like that you might need to organize a desk so you've got to put like a large letter at the bottom and then put the next size piece of paper on it etc 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 um and it's just really really cool like 70 odd puzzles in there um that you've got to sort out um, and they, they all range differently so there might be one where you've got to put stuff in a box in an organizer um cut like this one that's like to do with books and how the books like what thickness the books are or what images are on the bot uh, on the books um because you know sort of like when you get um those like bi-weekly books like and they've got a picture on the spine. If you buy all 52, you get a nice, like, picture at the end of it. Yeah. Um, they've got that, and you've got to put all those in order. Loads of little things like that. And it's just, it's a really chill game, except for the arsehole cat that comes and ruins things now and again. <laughs> so you'll have some levels where you complete a level, you've spent, like, maybe, they know which ones to do it, or you might have spent a good, like, bit of extra time putting it together. And then you do it, and it's like, you, you wait for the noise to say it's done, and this cat comes on and just swipes everything you'll have a bastard um and it's just it's really 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 cool how it does it um uh, yeah i'm just having a really good time with it um there are daily puzzles as well if i remember correctly i kind of like i've been on embargoed on this for a while and i kind of burnt through it all uh, but it's like there are daily puzzles um that you could do that they put out there which is really good um, so it's got longevity to it without having to do updates and stuff like that. Again, you know what, how I feel about, uh, you know, daily things um, that you can get additionally to a game. I'm all for them. Um, and yeah, it's just really, 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 really good. Now, there are some issues in terms of accessibility. Oh, there was um, where uh, some of the levels are a bit 
too bright for me. So you've got like a like a light blue background, and then you might have a tray that's like white, and then the items are various shades of lighter colours, and I struggled with that. And I did mention this to the developers, and they said they are aware of some of these. They have worked on making sure there's good contrast options on most of the levels, and there are some that they know they've got to work on, and they are going to work on them. So, again, really good. that They're very active in the community, and it is only a small team that's making this. Um, but, it, yeah, it's it's a lovely little game, um, and um, it's perfect for the uh, Steam Deck, by the way. Uh, as we've just, you know, you've always got to point out, it is perfect on Steam Deck, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just really, really loving this game, um, and I've got it. I finished it. Fair play, yeah, sounds pretty good. Yeah, so is is that out today? Uh, as we, no, as we it's been out been out a few days now. Um, I was going to talk about it last week, but the embargo was the day after we went live, so I couldn't. Um, ah. But it's yeah, it came out. I think Tuesday it came out. Monday, Tuesday, whatever. It was the eighth. It came eighth. out. Nice eighth of November. Cool. Um, yes, it's, it's fresh off the press then. Yes, and I don't know if it's Steam Deck verified or not, but yeah, it's perfect on the Steam Deck. Nice. Uh, and yeah, indies for the win as well. Just have to pop that out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in and yeah, I just checked my game. Yes, there are there are daily puzzles. I wasn't making that up. There are daily. It's called a daily tidy, um, and yeah, I, I yeah, go and play those. Um, yeah, if nice. you like, and the good thing as well. Sorry, I just got to point this out. When it comes to accessibility, um, you can skip puzzles. And you don't get punished. So I, I this one of the things I found, because well, I was unsure about complaining to the PR team about this. So the puzzles that were too bright, I couldn't do. And I was like, oh, well, this is me. I can't go any further. Literally press pause, skip that puzzle. Really good. But is it just an option of complete or skip it? You could go, right, I need help. And you've got like almost this scratch card for help. And you can scratch off as much or as little as you want to get clues. As to what you want, so it shows you yeah. if you want what the final solving should be. But you could scratch it off a, a little bit just to get maybe a clue, or you could scratch the whole thing off and go, Oh, that's how I solve it, solve it and move on. Or you could press pause and click skip puzzle. Um, all for that, brilliant. More of that in games, please. Yeah, for sure. That that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it, you should never be barriered by these things, especially, if, you know, if you're a bit stupid like me, a bit harder thinking and you need to get past a certain area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for anyone. That, not, that's just not accessibility for people who need it. You know, it's for anyone. You get frustrated on a game. Just gonna, that's the, always going to be the one thing that makes you put it down and go, oh, do I pick it up again? And you go, oh, God, no, it's got, I'm not in the mood. Uh, that's yeah. always a barrier. Whereas if you could go, well, I could skip that bit. You know, stick that in God of War. You know, ah, oh, this boss is hard. Play it for me. Everyone mocked but the Mario, was it you, Super Mario Brothers? You, we, or whatever one it was, uh, where it basically just went, ah, oh, the game could do this level for you. And everyone was really, it's just ruining games, you know, if it just plays itself. And if that's what someone needs to get through a particularly hard level. What's that to you? Yeah. How, how is it ruining the game? <laughs> if you don't use it, it's not ruining the game. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't expect, you know, AI to play Call of Duty online for me uh, because that is unfair. 
Uh, I mean, bots are rubbish, so it's probably not unfair for the people that are playing the other end. Um, but it's, you know, we're not talking about online competitive play here. We're talking about, you know, single-player games or offline games that people just want to get, you know, be able to enjoy. Forza Horizon, we spoke about, does it really well. You know, there's accessibility options there. You know, you can progress the game without having to complete story beats properly, or you can, you know, tailor it to have to complete story beats properly. Options are there. And this is another one. Um, it knows it's got issues with some accessibility. So what they've done is allowed you the option just to skip. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's why, you know, again, I, I, I was worried about calling them out on it. Um, and speaking to them about it and feeding it back like that. But they was very open to it. They're fully aware. Uh, but as I said, when I said it, so I said, I know there's options. So options are good. Accessibility is good. It makes games better for everyone. Yeah, and um, that was a good job you brought it up because I did want to mention with Ragnarok that it, it starts off when you power up the game. It has two uh, huge, great big boxes on the screen. One says, um, it's like to configure your game. One is basic config which is just the screen settings or full accessibility options and you can choose between these two one of two huge boxes go to the accessibility if you want it's got all the sony stuff in that you've been praising and you know it couldn't really be any better although you know auto complete boxes (laughs) yeah we've spoke about that before the as soon as you start a game for the first time I, I said start it in accessibility mode and allow people to skip that. Now, when you say there's two large boxes, are they easy to see? Like, not, not obviously they're in your face, but are they easy to read? Yes, they're, they're uh, white text on black background. Brilliant. Uh, and they're just, they're really huge. They basically fill their half of the screen. So it's Brilliant. fantastic, yeah. Brilliant. Yep, that's that again, right, there you go. That's perfect. You give people their options then. Uh because yep. obviously every most games now go, ah, oh, check your brightness settings or check your screen settings. They all pretty much do that these days of the big the bigger end games. So yeah, that that's that's perfect. Well done, Sony, yet again with the accessibility stuff. Sony and Microsoft, that's where they're knocking it out of the park this yeah. this generation and last generation that the accessibility and they're doing it for money i'm not gonna lie they're doing it because they want to earn more money but if it that's how you can oh that's where capitalism is good at times because to earn more money you need more people to spend money and more people can't spend money if they can't get access to your stuff it leads to innovation more please yep 100 percent agree um any other games, Shu, or do you want to save for next week? I was, I've got two others, but I'll save them both for next week. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah, it's been whatever long we've gone today. It feels like a long one, but we've barely spoken. Well, I've barely spoken. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's good. <laughs> uh, so, so, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, just quickly, I've been uh, dabbling in uh, retro again. Um, I like to dabble every now and again because I got sent uh, uh, an Ambernick RG three five three VS. Uh, basically, it's a Game Boy looking uh, Ambernick device, which is lovely. Um, absolutely brilliant little device, uh, which I'll talk more about at another time. But yeah, I've been playing, going back through some of the old retro games. Um, and it's not about the games I've been playing that I want to talk about. It's a, it's a channel that's popped up, and I'll, I'll have to send you the link so you can pop it in the description. 
but it's like got every like the video I watched every Namco game ever released on the PlayStation One. Oh, like nice! A, like a three hour, three and a half hour video, um, and I've watched it over about three four days. Um, and yeah, it's just brilliant. And what it reminded me of, and games that are just like are just the peak of design choice. Um, and still one of my favourite designed games in terms of user interface and just graphics, like visual styles of menus and everything like that, is Ridge Racer Type 4. Yes. Oh, my God. That, I don't think that's ever been bettered in terms of that's just perfect. It is. We, I was talking about that the other week. Yes. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely yeah, but I, agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably ignored you. It's, <laughs> uh, but I saw it for the first time in forever, and it's just yeah, it is perfect. Uh, Mr. Driller, you know the, the you know that's timeless in terms of its visual design. And you yep. know, it's, I didn't realize I didn't put two and two together and realize how much of the best design comes from Namco. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, their user experience stuff was was just absolutely flawless in the 90s and the, the early 2000s yeah i think the only thing i think that equaled namco in terms of aesthetics is the stuff from the design republic for wipeout yes um just oh, it's just nothing beats it. ace combat as well that had some really good ui um the Tekken menus were, okay, not the best in terms of aesthetics, but they were functional. You know, just very, very simple menus. So yeah, they worked. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, 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 so I booted up Ridge Racer Type 4 again uh, uh, the other day. And I just, like, it's actually it's just a really good game as well. Um, music is outstanding. The design choices are outstanding. And it's, yeah, just, can you imagine a world of video games without Namco in it? How dull it would be. Oh, you're so right. We need to do a Namco special, maybe for the 150th episode or something. Yes. They deserve it. Yes. I mean, if there's ever two companies that need to merge, I'd imagine if Sega and Namco merged. Oh, nice. Oh, blue skies with perfect fucking menus. Oh, that'd um, be so amazing. It would. Um, get rid of Bandai. Oh, I oh. didn't realise they've been with Bandai for nine on twenty years now, haven't they? Bandai Namco, yeah. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a lot newer than that. No, um, it's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember, as I said, I think I've I've, I've said before um, with, with with Namco, it's they're like Sega. They're not afraid to try things. You know, we know the Gun Con is the most legendary peripheral probably ever made. Um, and they done the uh, the the steering wheel controller, the thing that you uh, twist, uh, which I didn't particularly like. I have used one, didn't particularly like it, but it was innovative, and I know a lot of people do. But as I said, well, I played Rage Racer, Rage Racer, whatever the arcade version was initially, that had a full wraparound screen on it and stuff like that at an arcade, and it was just like it blew my mind. Um, and again, they were willing to try things in arcades. They had like sit down machines before sit down machines were sort of like really the thing. And yeah, that's just yeah. like Namco are just. I didn't realise how much came out of Namco. Like Klonoa came out of Namco. The Tales series all came out. They, they really know how to spread their wings. Yep. 
and you know again they've got the probably the granddaddy of it all you know a lot of people talk about space invaders but i would still say the most iconic video game character of all time is pac-man yeah and without pac-man i don't think you have an industry today so yeah namco are brilliant yeah they are <laughs> yeah we're definitely gonna have to do a whole whole episode on them i think yeah um, again, Pac-Man, you know, the toxic masculinity of Pac-Man with his drugs and seeing things like ghosts. Yeah, but then they have Ms. Pac-Man, so they're just like, oh, that's fine. They whitewashed a, it all. A, 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 a bit of lipstick and a bow. There you go. That's how, yeah. that's how you do diversity. <laughs> but she still had a massive drug problem, was quite violent as well. So, well, to be know, fair, to yeah. be fair, she was no different to Pac-Man at hey, all. Exactly. She had exactly the same powers. And yep. everything. So yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Namco you go. so ahead of the curve there as well. You got it. What I like as well, right? And this is like, luckily, I don't think we do get a lot of right winners listening to our podcast. Um, I think it'd be unlikely. No. Um, you're right, Boris. Um, anyway, it's the sort of thing where you go, well, you, you, you've been talking seriously about that. You can't then make jokes about that kind of thing. Yeah, you can. You can. It's yeah. fine. You can, can joke about toxic masculinity. You could joke about transgenderism, sexuality, you know, all of that. You could joke about that because it's how you tell the jokes and in what context lets you know how they are. But I'm not going down that, right? Because you can tell I'm beginning to waffle a bit, Stu. Uh, and my, my, my brain slime started just to come out of my mouth now and <laughs> verbalise So I think it's time, Stu. I think it's time. I'm going to shut up now. Cool, so in come the men with white coats and the butterfly nets for Brad. The people with white coats. You got it. So so that'll be it for another week. So as usual, follow all of our stuff on all the socials. Join us on Discord if you want to chat. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>